This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. We are recording today's hafta not from our regular studio we record from but from another room because things walls and offices are being freshly painted. So if there's a slight echo, apologies. On the panel today we have Manisha Pandey who is sitting with me in office. Hello. Joining us remotely are Anand Vardhan who I'm guessing is anywhere in Bombay or Patna or Delhi we never can keep track of the jet setting Anand where are you Anand? And now in Patna yes. In Patna. And also joining us is Mehraj from Delhi. Hello. And Jayashree who I'm guessing is back in Chennai. Yes, hello. Yes, and I'm Abhinandan Sekri reminding you once again pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served and when advertisers pay advertisers served. On that note, Manisha, can you please tell us the headlines before we get into the meat of the discussion? Yes, the income tax department on Wednesday raided premises linked to filmmakers including Anurag Kashyap, Shibashi Sarkar, Bollywood actor Tapsi Pannu, Vikas Bell and Madhu Mantena. This action is part of a tax evasion probe against Phantom Film which was dissolved in 2018 and it's being re-undissolved, whatever the antonym for that is. A man who had filed a case after his daughter was molested was shot dead in UP Hathras by the accused in the case. We have a detailed report on this by Nidhi Suresh, so please read it. Cyber security company Recorded Future notified the Indian government about the China-linked threat activity group Red Echo, which may have been responsible for the Mumbai power outage in October last year. The Ministry of Power on Monday confirmed that it was aware of a Chinese cyber campaign to use malware to target India's power network. Prime Minister Narendra Modi took the first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine at Delhi's Ames. Explosives were found outside Mukesh Ambani's house with a threat letter found in an SUV full of gelatin sticks. The letter said, Ye trailer hai. Hmm. However brutal the man is, can sex between husband and wife be called rape? This is a Supreme Court asking a question in the 21st century. Another Supreme Court bench headed by Chief Justice S.A. Bobde on Monday asked a government employee if he was willing to marry a woman who has accused him of repeatedly raping her when she was a minor. Yep. A court in Delhi discharged attempt to murder charges against two persons in connection with the communal violence in the capital last year. After observing that there was nothing in the charge sheet to support the charges against them, we have very detailed stories on the riots by Ayush Tiwari and Basan, so do read that. A Sessions Court in Delhi on Tuesday observed that it was unfair and unjust on the media's part to report on exact contents of the charge sheet in a case when the court was yet to take cognizance on the matter and the accused had not been provided its copies. Streaming platform Amazon Prime Video on Tuesday unconditionally apologized for its web series Tandav and said that they've removed or edited scenes against which objections were raised. So that's the end of the controversy, I guess. So, so min- you, you wish. <laughs> hmm. No one going to jail. The Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology on Thursday issued a set of sweeping rules to regulate social media companies, streaming and digital news content websites like ours. And we're going to have a deeper discussion on this. In fact, this happened last week when we were recording and we had mentioned it that as we are recording, these guidelines have just been unveiled. They were notified yesterday. And they are very alarming. We shall discuss it in some detail. And the first notice under this was already sent to a Manipur journalist. It was withdrawn within 24 hours. Yeah, because the uh, central government said, chill out, Abhi. This is not in your purview. Yeah. But wait till this one, Mr. Yogi Rityanath uses this and he weaponizes it like nobody else can. Hmm. Interestingly, the notice was for a discussion titled Media Under Siege, Are Journalists Walking a Tightrope? The Bombay High Court on Tuesday granted bail to former BAC CEO Parthodas Gupta in connection with the TV 
rating point scam or the TRP scam as it's properly called. Prashant Kishore has become principal advisor of Punjab CM Amrinder Singh ahead of 2022 polls. And he gave a very interesting interview to Rahul Kamal on India Today also, which we shall discuss briefly. Covaxin has demonstrated nearly 81% efficacy in preventing COVID-19. This is according to its interim phase 3 trial results that were made public on Wednesday. VK Shashikala has stated that she's going to be staying away from politics. This is ahead of the Tamil Nadu polls. That's big news actually. Uh, because she was supposed to be this game changer and she would kind of shift the dynamic and the equation. Maybe we'll discuss this also. India recorded the highest number of internet shutdowns in the world in 2020, showed a report by Digital Rights and Privacy Organization Access Now. India has also lost its status as free in Freedom House's 2021 report. Now we are partially free. Descent against the government not seditious, says the Supreme Court, dismissing plea against Farooq Abdullah. In fact, in someone had gone to court saying that he should be tried for sedition because he had said that Article 370 scrapping was wrong. So that apparently was sedition, but thankfully the Supreme Court disagrees for a change. Three women media professionals were killed in Afghanistan. The ISIS has claimed responsibility for this. And six journalists were arrested in Myanmar in the past two days. So it has been a fairly packed news week and... Really, Bengal, I thought it was very slow. The Bengal election dominated. Yeah, Bengal elections dominated. But there was a lot of this little, little stuff. There wasn't any wall-to-wall coverage of anything, thankfully. But before I get into the discussions, I uh, just want to remind all of you, Hafta is now behind the paywall. Those of you listening to this for free on YouTube, this is the Chota Hafta. The full unedited version is for subscribers only. So please pitch in Mufat Khors. While if you're a student or not employed, it's fine. Try to get a student subscription, which is available for students, uh, which is sponsored by other people. But if you are earning, do consider subscribing to News Laundry and paying to keep news free. Go to newslaundry.com and click on the subscribe button. We don't take advertisements. We are purely supported by you, the listener, the news consumer. And also we have an NL Sena project up. One is for our coverage. Coverage in um, Bengal, Assam, Tamil Nadu and Kerala. Kerala. So Manisha will be going to Bengal. Yes. Uh, Nidhi will be going to Kerala as Pratik will also join her in Kerala. And you'll be getting two reporters additionally, one in Bengal and one in Tamil Nadu. And Assam, our former colleague, you remember Ayan, who moved back to Assam, will be covering it. So we will hopefully be having five to six reporters on the ground and two producers as well. It's going to be an exhaustive coverage, an exhausting coverage and an expensive coverage. And I'm sure you guys have noticed the kind of ground reports we've done. Whether it was from Hathras, from the farmers protest or from Bihar during the election. Ground reports cost money. Payloing opinion is free and cheap and, uh, you know, a bit of a cop out. So we'd like to spend as much time and money and we, as we can in ground reporting. So there's an NL Sena project up on the website. Go to newslaundry.com and please contribute to our Sena project. So our reporters and journalists are well taken care of when they're out there reporting. So, uh, um, see, Rahul Gandhi's politics uh, swings between the, say, parallel or art cinema of very socialist sentiments of 70s or 80s and the adrenaline pumping, apps flashing uh, movies of the 2000s. So, uh, if you see his manifesto and uh, all his uh, polemics or nyai and hyper-socialist uh, sentiments there uh, and uh, he has hired some NGO people. His chief advisor is uh, also from JNU. So that is a reflection of the kind of cinema of uh, uh, 70s and 80s, uh, means the parallel cinema. Of, and uh, then you have this uh, muscular and fit guy who resembles uh, the 
body type of uh, the protagonist of Indian cinema of 2010 or something. So it swings between these two extremes, which is, a, I think, fitness is a good thing for politician to uh, yes. so- have and also as a role model. Actually, uh, physical fitness once was uh, associated as, uh, say, not eating uh, unhealthy food or avoiding some uh, unhealthy food was uh, seen as a sign of uh, modernity. And uh, it was, in fact, registered. And uh, when you showcase uh, fitness it also gives uh, a very important kind of political message so that's good for a target group but what i was uh, just making maybe a random observation that he swings between if you go by the cinema analogy between these two extremes right so you're saying basically if uh, satyajit ray tried to make dabang we'd get rahul gandhi yes, yes. so that would never end well you know, I can't make up my mind. Is Prashant Kishore like an overhyped person or is he actually really smart? Because each time he, I see him in an interview, his sense of confidence and at least the way he convinces you that he understands the ground realities, which, you know, your South Delhi Khan market types don't, is quite convincing. However, the one moment that I loved was that when Rahul Kamal said that, but, you know, if you talk to people off the record, uh, you know, he was saying that you can't accuse Mamta of corruption. I mean, mm. that, that is one thing that is not going to stick. No one in Bengal is going to believe she's corrupt. You can accuse her, you can play with her on Hindutva, you can play with her on appeasement. He says, just like no one is going to believe you that Modi is corrupt, no one is corrupt. You, know, you can attack them on different things. So, um, Rahul Kamal said, no, you know, if you speak to enough businessmen off the record in Bengal, they'll tell you that there is, they have to pay off without paying off people, nothing gets done. So, uh, Prashant Kishore says, uh, really, and when you talk to businessmen about the central government off the record, what do they tell you? That there's no corruption. What did he say? So, Rahul, Rahul Kamal first was flummoxed. He tried to do no, but you know, sure, that is also there, but I'm talking about Bengal. He says, no, no, you tell me. You can, no, can't accuse Modi of corruption, agreed. But tell me, what do businessmen tell you off the record about the central government? <laughs> then no, he was just silent. He was looking at him like a stunned gerbil. Uh, <laughs> so I thought that was very telling. That now if anchors start saying that what, what businessmen say to them off the record. So in fact, according to me, what Prashant Kishore should have asked is, what do media owners tell you off the record? Forget businessmen. Because even the media owners who are chartering the Sarkar, I happen to sometimes meet a few of them here and there. They, what do they tell you off the record is, is worth mentioning. So I just thought that was a nice little clever maneuver by Prashant Kishore. But Haan, so I think Kanand is absolutely correct that uh, Prashant Kishore is smart enough to choose the projects that are winning, which is why we sort of assume that he's this magic sort of man when he's actually showing a lot of smartness and acumen in siding with a winning team. But what I find particularly interesting about Prashant Kishore is that um, I feel like in politics in India, there's no such thing as the business of politics. Like you have party loyalties and you were either married to a party for a very long time or you aren't. But he's made it a business. Like he jumps from supporting one party to another and working for one party and working for another. And no one bats an island. Like he might fight against the AAP in Punjab and then he'll fight for the pay- for the AAP in another election. So... I think he's a really smart guy. I think he knows how to market himself and he's made himself seem necessary to politicians, which, I mean, that takes a lot of skill. So whether he's actually like some magic man and all, I have real, no real opinion. So Peace basically says they had a meeting the last time around during the pandemic and they were worried about negative coverage. So they uh, called these journalists. Some of them are like working reporters with Indian Express, Hindu. Some of the journalists are saying it was just an informal sort of a 
briefing on the china situation that's what they were given to believe but from the report it appears like some of them gave some comments about how basically the government can rein in the media and how they can counter this quote unquote negative image they have and mostly it was focused on the digital media because that's where we, they thought much of it was coming from because obviously tv and everything is under control among the luminaries who were there were op india editors and stuff and people like swapandas gupta so and the so i'll just read out a couple of things like broad points they gave one was that around 70% of media persons are impressed by the leadership of shri narendra modi and are ideologically uh, with the party so this is what the journalists told the ministers we should form different groups of these persons that communicate with them on a regular basis government should give the sporting background material to the supportive media before the launch of any big program and also during the follow up for its better publicity groups should be formed of supportive editors columnists journalists and commentators and they should be regularly engaged the interactions with the foreign media should stop as it's turning out to be counterproductive apart from that there was uh, one recommendation given by kanchan gupta who said that government should have regular pokhran moments so then it's always like the this there's this relentless coverage positive coverage of the government and i'm i mean the demonetization gst and all that stuff falls in that category and as usual the op india people were only concerned about one thing retweet op india the editor of op india unsurprisingly recommended online portals like op india should be promoted <laughs> abhijit majumdar formerly of mail today mail today after stating that alt news propaganda is vicious echoed sharma he said help op india and retweet op india tweets that was the <laughs> yeah yeah so there are actually two groups one is this group of journalists like working sort of journalists who say they were called to for a briefing on china and there's this other group of people who are clearly aligned and they're now sort of government workers and stuff people like swapandas gupta kanchan gupta so that's one set of people and one set of people is alok mehta jain goshal shishir gupta abhitab sinha nistula haber so, so these so how, how i think you... the caravan thing also quoted some one journalist is suggesting that they color code journalists right if i oh, remember correctly yes. Yes, they yes, said yes. green is um fencet fencetors, white is supportive journalists, and black is those who are against. But I really like Ashok Malik's uh, recommendations. Can I? Oh them? yeah. He says first, <laughs> do not start another WhatsApp group. <laughs> Second, <laughs> stop op-ed by ministers, top bureaucrats, because it has become an epidemic and it's counterproductive, and no one's reading it. It reads like propaganda. So I mean, then he's also said, take cues from print, wire, etc. so called social issues are becoming problem in support of the foreign media there's a need to tackle both so he's actually given like not bad advice sensible advice and anyway, about the rules um i think the internet freedom foundation put out an excellent uh, point by point rebuttal of all the process, the problems that it sees with the rules themselves but for me i think things that jump out are like how merad said earlier there's reason these are rules and not laws the government has made massive changes but it hasn't taken the matter to parliament it's amended the rules under pre-existing sections of the law which is a bit of a red flag there was absolutely no consultation with stakeholders i think digipub had mentioned that also in their statement that they didn't have any hearings any consultations before these code this code was passed also one thing i want to ask about is i think the rules provide um, the ministry with emergency powers in cases where and i quote um, no delay is acceptable So I think this is a scary thing also because the government already has such sweeping powers already so this is just another extension of I think the kind of dis- 
this kind of quashing of dissent and stuff that we're seeing till now. I would agree with what the Internet Freedom Foundation said, which is it called them anti-democratic and unconstitutional. You know, my net-net takeaway from this is that no matter which way this goes, the amount of resources... Man hours, woman hours, person hours, whatever is the appropriate term now. Man hours is a sexist term, I guess. It should be person hours, resources, time, energy, you know, intelligent people's skills that are going to be sucked in to dealing with this, no matter whether it turns out this way or that way. It really demonstrates why governments really don't give a shit about productivity or making, you know, making the environment better for entrepreneurs or for working. They just say, what do we need to do to stay in power? And no matter what we have to shaft and how much we have to waste... Let's just waste. Because this cannot end well for anyone. So we need your support. Do go to newslaundry.com. Uh, like you see, we don't take any government ads, which is why we aren't called for these chai sessions to suggest and advise them what to do in life to make the media a better place. Because they really don't give a shit. Only people whose websites proudly have the banner of Yogi Dityanath for the last five months. Basically, Yogi Dityanath is a permanent fiction of India. That's all you see when you open their website. And uh, sorry, before we move on, I think uh, when we were talking about this Pokhran... Suggestion, Pokhran effect suggestion. I think it, I said it was Kanchan Gupta. It was S. Gurumurthy, the RSS ideologue, who was oh, also the present. RBI director, board of directors. Yeah. He's in the RBI board, no? the genius that he is. So, um, yeah, so I mean, I think we need the support of people. And remember, everyone should tweet about it. You guys should really spread the awareness that how this is deeply problematic. And also go to newslawney.com and pay to keep news free. So we have the resources to uh, take on all the assaults that come. The way of the media, man. There's just few people. But yeah, I think standing. like one point Anand made is correct that we should. I'm not certain how much we can link that report to these rules, because governments do often meet friendly media or media just for propaganda purposes. That what should we do to do? These guys are a bit brazen, and then of course there are people like Nupur invited. But this is fairly routine for governments to call people and say what should we do to communicate better. What's disturbing is journalists. Actually suggesting things like color coding and all. I think the fault is more with journalists here who've been journalists at least. The BJP is inconsequential in Kerala. It possibly yeah. will be in the next election. So yeah, this is a talking point. And like, you know, Ishridharan is like a technocrat. I think in the same way Kiran Bedi will be. He's already a bit of a headline. He has a lot of respect. So bring him into the party. But he has expressed BJP views before. So it's not, I mean, Hindutva views before. So it's not very surprising. What is, I mean, I think two weeks ago when he joined the party, he gave an interview where he said, I will not take on the role of governor. That is a useless role. I want to be chief minister. At the time, everybody laughed a bit and said, oh my God, like this man literally just joined the party and he's already claiming he wants to be chief minister. But the BJP is so desperate, they gave it to him. But I mean, he's a good fit. He already has said that he thinks Hindu girls are being tricked into marriage. So he very much believes in things like love jihad. He's talked about how he's a vegetarian. He doesn't think people should eat eggs and beef and things. So In so Kerala? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so a bold statement to make in Kerala. Yeah, so he's <laughs> he'll get some headline space for a while. And that's pretty much all the BJP needs. And I could see a lot of, you know, older people wanting to vote for him because they look at his track record as Metro Man. So he may get a few votes in that way. Now, my take on this is... This is going to be the biggest disaster move. This is when Mr. Shah tries to be too smart for his own good. Disaster in Kerala? I'll tell you why. already disasters there. <laughs> I'll tell there. you why. Now, when Kiran Bedi was made chief ministerial candidate in Delhi, you can go back on my timeline and see, ha ha, this is going to be... I had some, something along the lines of, I don't know. Can you... How do you search for your Twitter timeline? What you had tweeted back then? You just, Keywords and your... Keywords. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll just do that. But I had put some tweet. 
Now I knew Kiranji personally because we had worked together on the Jan Lokpal movie. I have to say Kiranji because that's what we used to call. Her. And I had seen that while you know we all made the most of her appeal as a cop and a super cop, it was a nightmare working with her because you know when there was there was Prashant Bhushan, there was Arvind Kejriwal, there was Manisha Sodia, there was you know Anna of course was on her own trip. She doesn't listen to anyone. She thinks she's God. And when you have to collaborate with so many people, na that person is a liability when it comes to strengthening the organization. So the moment she was made, I said, "No, you watch the BJP collapse. Even if they had a chance to get 15 seats, now they'll get like five. And exactly that happened. While many people, including uh, Anand Ranga, said, "Oh, this Shah's masterstroke." I said, "Baba, dekh lena." Now, when I saw E. C. Dharan's interview, I said, "This guy is Kiran Bedi part two. Why? He will piss off every BJP person there is." He was saying, "I know how to run an organization. I'm the CEO. I will run the state like a CEO. A politics is not like running a corporation today." If you are the head of a corporation, you say you're fired. That person goes out. In politics, you say fired. It doesn't end there, baby. That person will come back and get you fired. I will run it like this. I am in beachable. I will do this. I don't care about Hindu. I don't care about this. I don't care about these issues. I only care about efficiency, dude. That is not how politics is done. I was like, dude, this guy is getting ready part two. <laughs> this is the worst thing that could happen to BJP. Even if they had a chance of attracting, see, and a party is not built by. putting salman khan there and getting an initial houseful yeah it is getting people committed and working with the party so therefore sridharan is going to piss off more people within the party than he will attract that is my take it is going to be yeah. the biggest disaster also i mean in this case the woman has clearly said i don't want to marry her he had proposed marriage when she turned 18 and she refused so i mean this is not even sometimes i can understand from the victim's family there's a डिमांड की अब इसकी नाक कट गई है या वट हम कैसे दिखाएंगे एक सोसाइटी में मुंह तो वी वॉन्ट एज अ रिड्रेसल द मैरिज थिंग बट दैट्स नॉट यून हैपन इन दिस केस इज जस्ट दिस जज रैंडमली सेंग विल यू मैरी हर लेट अस नो यू वॉन्ट टू मैरी हर और नॉट एंड ईज लाइक नो नाव आई एम मैरिड आई कॉन्ट इट्स सो रिडिक्यूलस एंड इवन आई मीन आई एम एक्चुअली कैंड ऑफ मोर आई मीन दिस सजेस्टिंग मैरिज इज क्वाइट आई मीन इज रिली डम बट दैट लाइन ऑन हाउ एवर ब्रूटल द सेक्स इज कैन इट बी What are you talking about? Yeah, even if I mean there is still domestic violence is a thing, na. So you can't just say ki however brutal it is, is it rape? What you said about judges being supposed to be well-read and stuff. So I think the operative word there is supposed because the quality of judges and the legal profession generally in this country is like really really suffered in the last twenty thirty years. I mean all you have to do is just read their judgments. You'll just know. And what I find really disturbing in this, apart from obviously the crime, is the casual manner in which they talk about like something as grave as rape shaadi kar loge nahi kar loge to kya hua i mean it's like no big deal if it's within a marriage it's just like i just can't wrap my head around it uh, i think that better caste and gender compositions of courts is definitely something that we require no one is saying that a woman judge will automatically deliver judgments that are favorable towards women but as a matter of rule i do think that composition should improve i don't agree that um I don't agree that things like the IAS entrance exam may therefore weed out or have a better better entry barrier for testing. I don't think the more educated people do show better mindsets or even have basic humanity. So I'm not sure if having an entry level sort of thing for judges would even work. But with respect to these two Supreme Court observations, I mean, I think while most developed countries already have penalized marital rape, this is one of the things that India does not have a law for. I mean, we're one of the most one of the quickest developing countries in the entire world but we still refer to marital rape as cruelty or just simply as domestic violence under the penal code and i mean we can laugh at what chief justice said in court but 
at the end of the day, I mean, how medieval is our judiciary and their thought processes? I mean, that these oral observations that they make are even more aggressive than criminal laws that have been introduced by the British in the 19th century. Like, there is no getting away. From, I think the leaflet or somebody had published a piece a while ago asking whether the media should report on oral observations by judges. They said they just make for clickbait headlines. They have no legal value. But I think it's really important that you know what a judge is like. I mean, I think it's important that we know that they do think this way because it helps us form our own opinion. All of you listening in, the Chota Hafta, do subscribe so you can listen to the entire Hafta. We will see you again next week with the Hafta. Till then, subscribe, pay to keep news free because when the public pays, the public is served and advertisers pay. Advertisers are served. Thank you. Goodbye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.